0: Attention Cannabis
1: Radio listeners, do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD?
2: These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash
1: Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. Now, let's delve into
2: some blunt business with your host. Welcome to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. I'm sure all of you in the cannabis industry, you ask yourselves, if there's one state that you want to be a part of it, it's got to be New York. We're going to talk about New York specifically today uh, and the topic of cannabis legalization in the great city of New York with uh, my guest. And here's something that he found out for us. While 61% of New York State residents support the legalization of adult-use recreational cannabis sales, more than half, 52% of those living in New York City would oppose a sale in their neighborhood. The disparity between general support and willingness to actually live near one is a significant problem when communities decide where, if any, they want to allow marijuana retail sales. This is part of a study... that was based by Consensus Strategies for the period of March 5th through March 7th, 2021. Now, also in the same thing, while 61% of New York State residents believing a community should have the right to opt out and ban marijuana sales in their community altogether, the battle to site facilities is likely to require extensive community outreach and education efforts. And here to delve into these findings that he found out in this survey is the CEO of Consensus Strategies, Patrick Fox. Patrick, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Now, before we get started, I wanted to ask about when it comes to consensus strategies, uh, how you do polling across various sectors and then sec- what I, would do we to say that cannabis is one of the sectors that you just chose to delve into?
3: So we do strategic advocacy and we do, um, a lot of survey research work all across the U S and around the world. Um, and, uh, Uh, Oftentimes it has to do with the strategic advocacy projects we're doing. Other times we're doing it on behalf of institutional uh, clients. We do a lot of work on um, vaccine compliance around the world. We've been spending an awful lot of time on that in the the, uh, uh, past few months. Um, But we have worked in cannabis in multiple states, uh, getting projects uh, permitted and approved community outreach.
2: The only other company that was not was not a cannabis industry related company that has done that, or one that's done point of sale type of uh, information, has been Ipsos. I think is the only other company I've really thought about that has really gotten into an in depth cannabis study. So I want to talk about your study in depth, and I want to tie it in to what's been going on with recreational marijuana being put onto. With state legislators' hands, much like we've seen other states as of late after the 2020 election, have started to choose to go ahead and get the ballot for that. Virginia, right now, it's now in the hands of uh, their governor Ralph Northam to sign what was already passed by the both uh, both uh, what's the word I'm looking for both uh, Senate and House legislatures. So you have those two halls there have already put New Mexico in the same vein. I forget. There's There's another state I'm thinking of and I can't think of right now, but it's being done the state legislature route. So for the New York Daily News, we're going to take this story. The New York State Legislature is on the precipice of passing a measure legalizing adult use recreational marijuana. Lawmakers are likely to reach a cannabis consensus and act on a standalone bill as soon as they address lingering concerns about traffic stops and safety. Now, you said this about the issue of legalization in general quote, legalization is only beginning of the beginning of the battle. The the fight to find viable sites will be intense. We often hear from cannabis entrepreneurs who think that the level of support for legalization will translate into support for citing a retail or cultivation facility. It often does not. So where do things stand at this point, based on what you're learning here, on the possibility of legalization in New York State? Is it a matter of just if and when?
3: Excuse me, it, it is. Um, because there is tremendous support, uh, as you pointed out, there's 61 percent support for the legislation. It's strongest in upstate New York at 67 percent, uh, weakest in New York City, uh, but still at 54 percent support, um, support across all Democratic parties. Um, uh, so uh, there's, there's a tremendous base of support for it. But like so many things, because I am for it in general doesn't mean I'm for it in my neighborhood. And that translates into the siting in in NIMBY, not in my backyard, problem that you have with facilities like this. Um, We've got, um, as you pointed out, 52%, um, more than half of those in New York City who say, I don't want one in the neighborhood. Um, 61% supporting an outright ban in their community. They want to be able to say, it should be legal. I want it to be available and around, but I don't want it here. Uh, Put it in the next community over. We're all going shop. A lot of this runs back to um, decades of uh, misinformation and lack of understanding about cannabis, cannabis use, and cannabis users. Um, Oftentimes in states where it's legal, as I'm sure you and many of your your, uh, viewers know, um, when you go and look at who those customers are, people are surprised. They're surprised when the senior shuttles are showing up out front, and, and those are the people going in. Um, You've got 53% of New York State residents who say, okay, open them, but I want them to keep a low profile. Stick them in an industrial park. I don't want them where liquor stores are with signage. I don't want them uh, on Main Street. I don't want them in retail areas.
2: I'm going to hold off on that because I definitely want to go into the delving because the overlying factor of why it's – would it be the overlying factor is the fact that – New York City has such a big voice it it encompasses more than 40 percent of the entire state population so also the fact that you have that city that's just with so much commerce with so much uh, major industry that's there and you know I, I I, I just don't my whole thing is I don't get why there's such a pushback in the city itself. But it's um, not, I mean, I'm just, but I know there's something you can't necessarily answer because it, we're going we're to the stats more to talk about that, but we'll go ahead and, and let that answer for themselves based on the survey. But that's just, for me, that's just really just a hypothetical, well, not hypothetical, but it's just a rhetorical question when it comes down to it. Now, let me ask you about this. Now, local well, well, zoning. Can, can I, oh, go ahead. Can I just tell you one, one thing about that? The, the demographics of who supports, the
3: more educated you are, the more likely you are to support it. Um, and you know only 46% of those with high school or less uh, supported um, a, uh, a retail facility in their community. So looking at the demographics of the community will be key as you look to where you can get support. Now I often have um, uh, uh, cannabis entrepreneurs who are doing this for the first time who come to me and say, I wanna put it on Main Street in this community, and uh, I don't expect any problem because 72% of this community voted to legalize it, and they don't get—that's entirely different than I'm putting it in the middle of your community. You know, or putting it in a in a place where there's a lot of, of family activity and kids walking by. People are not to the point yet where they think of it like a liquor store. They're going to get there, but it's going to take years.
2: But the other thing and I'm thinking good. about too is the fact that. If you're doing, uh, if you're having any facilities being done, there's really no room for cultivation anywhere in New York City because, you know, there's no, it's all, you know, it's all built out. The same thing then for New York State, you know, you can have room upstate New York, wherever you want. You could grow, you could create grow houses. So there's, you know, the advantages of based on rural versus urban. And then if you're looking to build dispensaries, you know, you're going to have to build it within the aging infrastructure for the most part of all these areas that are so tightly packed to each other that, I mean, you really can't create such a really nice facility in, you know, in in the middle of like a downtown strip or just in general, just in any part of a city block in New York city. Would that be correct?
3: That's true. Uh, Cultivation is interesting in that it is more opposed than a retail shop, which doesn't make sense, right? If they understood what a cultivation facility was, um it, it, it's very low impact um but th- th- there's only 53% support generally for cultivation facilities and sort of counterintuitively you get 62% of those over 50 who oppose them uh, 58% opposition in new york city to cultivation and um but but 78% support of of young people 18 to 34 um so uh, 53% of African-Americans oppose cultivation facilities where, well, their support for legalization and even facilities in their communities is stronger.
2: Now, let's go ahead and focus on that a little bit. So local zoning and planning authorities will have the ability to decide where retail and cultivation facilities will be able to locate within their communities. They right. can choose to allow them in higher visibility general retail zones, treating them like a liquor store. That can relegate them to more obscure lower profile areas like an industrial park and restrict signage and visibility, or they can ban the use in their community completely. Now, you've already cited a couple of these stats. I'm going to just repeat them for the audience. The majority of New Yorkers, 53%, believe that marijuana retail should keep a low profile and locate outside of high visibility retail areas. Gaining support for cultivation facilities where marijuana is grown in process will be even more challenging with 62% of those. 50% of 50, over 50 years old, excuse me, to cultivation facilities in their neighborhood. 53% of black or African-Americans, 61% of Hispanics, Latinos statewide, oppose cultivation in their communities. So It is, now, that's an interesting part, is that it's almost like it's a kind of a bastard job. I feel like that's my word, not yours. But right. the zoning and planning for cultivation dispensaries, like, yeah, you know, you want to have it, just keep it out of my yard. Just keep it out. And does it have no. more to do with what's inside New York City limits or not? Because if you did break it up between where where the the poll the uh, the respondent came from, was that something that you looked to at all into the research?
3: As uh, to what, what part of the state they came from?
2: Correct. Like if it was New York City or not New York. City. I know it's discriminatory, but for the sake of the survey, that's something I think that would make a that would be a standout to me. If we could break away, who was city-related, and who was not. I could tell
3: you 58% in New York City opposed cultivation.
2: Uh, but it's not even... I mean, you can't even be in their in their backyard. Like, where can they grow it? I mean, you'd have to create... I mean, you'd have to go inside of a building, like something like in the warehouse district or something like that, right? Or meatpacking district, mm-hmm. something like that. You would have to find right. a large warehouse and then build a greenhouse within. I don't even know how that's going to be looked at. I mean, what's going to happen? You're going to see you know, plants being shipped, you know, taken in and out? Like, I don't see where the, I don't see what the the opposition comes from.
3: It comes from largely ignorance because yeah. they don't know what this is, what it means. They, they can't imagine it. We have had instances with projects in other states where they have legalized it, where they have cultivation facilities in a suburban community and they don't know they're there. As a matter of fact, there's a Harvard, case study on one of these projects that we did, um, where, uh, the, the company decided the best thing to do was keep a low profile. They opened a, a major cultivation facility and, um, in an, in an industrial park, nobody knew it was there. Um, and just, uh, uh, kept quiet about it. The community decided that they wanted to, uh, make it illegal by zoning for for the use at all in the community. At first they said they were gonna do retail, which would have still been okay for this this company that had a cultivation facility. Then they said, well, while we're at it, why don't we just make it, any cannabis use is illegal in our town. And so we had to run an education campaign to explain to them, you know, you've already had one here for years. It already employs a couple of hundred people and you didn't even know it was there. Um, So it's important that the ones that exist, continue community outreach and education campaign. And when we take people on a tour of those facilities, they're like lab space. You know, They're really, really well done, high quality, and they change the minds of local authorities and community activists when they go through them. And that's
2: key. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to commercial break, Patrick, but I want to just make this point here. The irony of the New York State legislature and New York City itself, you know, when they're giving all this back and forth when it comes to cannabis legalization, but decriminalization and legal prostitution <laughs> that's being allowed and they're not having much blowback up uh, getting that pushed out as law now because of equity, uh, equity and equality uh, issues because there was a discrimination against transgender women and non-white sex workers. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Just irony is everything about this. And. New York City is just a, is really is just a fascinating case when it comes to legalization. I want to continue on this real quick, and we're gonna we're gonna actually go into the proposal that the assembly in New York State has created for legalization and regulation of cannabis. We're gonna actually read through that, and I'm gonna base it through some of the stats that Patrick has found out through his research, where he talked to over 500 respondents in New York State about cannabis legalization i'm here with patrick fox the ceo of consensus strategies here on blunt business back after a short break rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right
1: back with more blunt business
3: elevate your every
0: day with that sugi's feeling with the sweet taste of sugi's add a cup of sugi's to your morning coffee ah how sweet it is sugi's infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of shugies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now
3: at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet,
0: sweet, take-anywhere treat.
1: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on
2: CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Patrick Fox, CEO of Consensus Strategies here on Blunt Business. Patrick, I want to go ahead and take a few minutes to go over the proposal for legalization of cannabis or marijuana in in New York State. This is what the proposal is going to say. We're going to take a couple of portions of it, and we're going to go through it. And we'll go ahead and intertwine some of the research you've done through Consensus Strategies about... The Thoughts of Cannabis Legalization in New York State. So here's what the proposal says. It's being made public to provide for the legalization and regulation of the cultivation, production, sale of cannabis and cannabis products for adult use, expanding the existing medical cannabis program and address the collateral consequences of the criminalization of cannabis. Here's what it says now, quote, the assembly supports the establishment of a centralized regulatory approach for the licensure and regulation of medical adult use and hemp based cannabis and cannabis products and businesses through the creation of a regulatory body composed of legislative and executive appointments, as well as ex officio agency representation from agencies of all the implementation. Pretty standard from every other state. The Assembly also supports provisions to reduce criminal penalties attributed to future cannabis-related activity, expand the ability of individuals to vacate or expunge certain-level, lower past cannabis cannabis convictions—why is not they criminalizing all across, I don't get—protecting legal rights in the workplace, ensuring appropriate standards and protections are in place as it relates to public assistance— Child care workers, foster parents, and investigations of child abuse, neglect, and endangerment involving the use of cannabis. It's pretty extensive. Provide access to business mentoring, application process assistance, incubators capital and other social equity programs necessary to support the long-term success of social and economic economic equity applicants as part of a plan to award 50% of adult-use cannabis licenses to individuals and communities that have been disproportionately impacted by past criminalization of cannabis, communities of color, minority and women-owned businesses, disadvantaged farmers, and service-disabled veterans, and then establish a reasonable tax structure related to the sale of adult-use cannabis. Provide for personal cultivation. That's good. Okay, homegrown. Ensure access to medical cannabis is maintained and expanded. Recognize community priorities through local opt-out provisions from the adult use market and other priorities deemed necessary and appropriate. So again, when it comes to social equity and social justice, in your study, Patrick, New Yorkers are split. Support for license preferences for social equity applicants is 51% support and 50-50 in the, down the middle on allowing those with former convictions for cannabis distribution to operate a legal cannabis shop. When you look at the findings there, do you see social equity and second, social equity and second chances for those once convicted are going to get put by the wayside? Because I think it's just being brought in as a symbolic gesture. I think, you know, first of all, it's making it complicated because if you just flat out decriminalize and you open the playing field for those that are, looking to get the chance to go ahead and be part of the industry to just kind of isolate and say, well, you have only these people that are disenfranchised. They're the ones, 50% of those get the licenses. Is that fair?
3: Well, uh, there's, there's, uh, you're right that New Yorkers are split on it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think that a lot of that is about lack of education efforts. Yeah. Um, Uh, You know, it's uh, uh, Republicans in those 50 to 64 that are uh, the least supportive of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a um, it is a great issue to push uh, uh, in this state when you're trying to get it legalized as a rationale to get it done. Um, The question is, can you actually make it work in practice? And many other states have tried uh, uh, with varying degrees uh, of luck, but it's very difficult when market forces finally get involved to to sort of maintain the uh, the social equity, social justice, justice uh, structure of the stuff.
2: And if they got a chance to hear the proposal, which I'm sure the respondents probably wouldn't have had, wouldn't have sat on a phone call or done any kind of an online survey to you know take the attention span to understand this clearly which is what we're doing on this program. I think, would would it be safe to say that you think that just by reading this out to people and letting them understand what the proposal was, wouldn't this kind of sway the needle more towards in favor? Uh, Some people, uh,
3: but there's still a lot of misunderstanding about uh, cannabis at all. And there are very stark breakdowns in the demographics, you know, um, as people start to cite these things, um, they're going to be able to, to to easily target where their supporters are, because it's pretty clear. Um, bringing around older people um, and uh, uh, the, the conservative base is going to be longer term. This is going to have to sort of be normalized. They're going to have to be up and running for a while without the impacts that they're afraid of. Um, the uh, the the social justice and social equity pieces here uh, are are great selling points for much of the uh, the uh, the voter base. Well, because it's all. a
2: significant part because they put a percentage on it. It's not as if we're going to create programs for it like I've seen in other states. Illinois did that, right? Massachusetts did that, but they're putting an actual number on it. They're saying half. It's basically, it's it's a quota. You have to reach 50% towards people that are disenfranchised. It's a disproportionately impact, as they called it.
3: Yeah, and you had 59% support for allocating some of those tax dollars. Right. So, um, you know, uh, that works. Uh, it's It's more difficult when you get into the question of, should people with criminal records be given a preference for licenses? That's a tougher conversation.
2: Right. Now, the revenue portion is also fascinating. Let's go into that. Quote, the assembly maintains that it is critically important that revenue generated from legalization of cannabis be invested in communities that have been disproportionately impacted. So not only make sure half the licenses go to it, but also trying to create it where the money will be flown into disproportionately affected areas impacted by past criminalization of cannabis, including creating a community grants reinvestment fund. Now, that's scary. Politicians holding a fund like this for the intention of re- re-injecting into communities, that just put the red flag in front of me. I don't trust politicians. Of course, if you heard this program enough, you know where I feel on that. Therefore, the Assembly will further continue discussions on how to direct revenue to ensure that funds will be used for public education. Job creation, skills development and training, social justice and re entry services for impacted communities, substance abuse disorder services, mental health services, community based supportive services, expanded training for state and local law enforcement to maintain driver safety, and any other uses deemed necessary and appropriate. So, again, for New York State, it is revenue that is badly needed because their budget is overblown and they're basically in debt. Now, in your survey, more than a quarter or 27% of those supporting legalization say they are unlikely to ever shop if they're if they are open. More than one out of 10, 13%, are opposed to legalization, they are likely to be a customer if they open. 53% support for home delivery. Strong support, 59%, as you said, for directing a portion of marijuana tax revenue to minority communities that were impacted by the war on drugs. So, As we know in the 80s, we've heard all the way across the impact of these areas. You know, putting into areas that might be of government-based housing or just projects or just areas that have been ultimately just have been dealt with crime and a lot of different areas of of issues. The response to investment and revenue, when you look at this yourself, you know, again, like you said, the social justice, social equity is a selling point. But again, there's just very little feeling about, you know, any chance of commerce by some of these people that's even if they support or not, that's incredible.
3: It is. Um, there's huge levels of cynicism at all levels of government when they say they're going to allocate money to certain uses.
2: And I'm one. Um,
3: (laughs) yeah. Uh, and, uh, they might start out that way, but in the next crisis, they divert the funds to whatever they want to divert them to. Um, it could be, um, uh, you know, uh, taxes, uh, uh, turnpike fees, um, other, uh, things that are allocated, they claim in the beginning to education and transportation infrastructure. That's very popular these days. Yeah. And then at the next crisis, the money gets reallocated someplace else. So the, the, the voter base is, is very cynical about these kinds of things. Um, and, and, and that could definitely play a factor here.
2: But it shouldn't stop people from wanting to have it because, I mean, the benefits we all know in every state. I mean, listen, and honestly, it's, you know, when you have politicians, I mean, I can still go back and look at the fact that, what is it, like $500 million in tax revenue per year comes into California. But yet Governor uh, Gavin Newsom says, we need more. Of course you need more, Gavin. Okay. Right. And every other state would need the same way. Like, what else can they go ahead and funnel this off to? But, you know, I don't, you know, again, I'm so amazing is the stats there at the fact you have more than a quarter or more than one out of 10 opposed or in support. They don't trust the government and what they're going to do with the money. That is amazing. And that tells me how smart the people in New York state are. Honestly, you got to admit that's for them to go ahead and feel cynical. They obviously don't trust their government. They don't trust de Blasio. They don't trust Cuomo and they probably don't trust anybody else that would come into office for that matter.
3: Agreed. But I, I do find it fascinating, the number you quoted uh, earlier from the study, that 1 in 10 or 13 percent of the opponents still say they would shop there. Uh, it is almost difficult to figure out that mindset, isn't it? Uh, I oppose legalization, but if you do legalize it, I'm going to go to the store.
2: But now, would it just because I, because maybe those patients are those that are, they like the medical cannabis side, but they don't want it to be completely open for everybody. Maybe that's the justification.
3: It could be, I want it open for me, but not for everyone. Uh, and
2: there's, <laughs> yeah. and there,
3: there, there is a lot of fear over, uh, there is a stereotype, as I think everyone knows, yeah. of who the average user is. So there's always a fear there's going to be lines out the door. They're going to be smoking pot on, on, on the street out in front of this place. There's going to be beer cans all over my neighborhood. And yeah. that uh, we're going to become a, a mecca for. Um, uh, people that are high um, and the truth is in the states and the communities in which this is happening we're not seeing any of those impacts
2: and also the one thing that they don't talk about within this at all which is very interesting is we know that with every state there is some kind of an illicit market that comes from it and there's nothing to be addressed to curb that right off the bat Because the other thing I think that people feel like in New York, I would imagine they probably feel like, you know what, you're not going to stop the illegal market. There's so much drug trade going on in the city that even they don't even know. But the fact that we're going to have this legalized, are people going to still be buying from these stores or they're going to still be going to their street corner to find what they want? That'll be illicit.
3: The problem is the uh, taxation levels that.
2: um, Which will be high, I'm sure. That's right. Yeah.
3: And that, that drives up the price, and we do see people in other states where the goal was to get rid of the black market, where the, the black market continues because it's so much cheaper to buy it that way.
2: I mean, it, it's been the thing where – I mean, I've, I've heard the, the support for decriminalization of drugs. Like what, what, what Oregon did this past, ballots, uh, this past election cycle – to decriminalize re- re- all drugs. You know, I almost feel like you can't get legalization. It's going to be a tough sell for legalization to get through. I mean, obviously, the legislature is going to push it through for the sake of the revenue, they will. But it's almost as if, you know, if they just went ahead and decriminalized in that state, I think it will probably do just as well because I think you would curb the crime efforts. But then again, uh, because I just feel like no matter how people oppose it or support it's not overwhelming. Like in in Florida, it was what, sixty-seven percent in favor of adult use and they're when they're trying to get legalization done here. And seventy five percent for medical. I mean, so it's overwhelming right. here. And that's rural or urban no matter no matter how you slice it. But New York right. State, another it's just an entity in its own. They're the most rare case of legalization there is. And that's why we gotta keep a microscope on there, because it is fascinating because that's such a Odd state, and I'm not saying it against the people. I'm just saying against the dynamic of trying to get this passed, and you know the motives of the state legislature for why they want to do it. I want to get one more thing with you after the break, Patrick, and finish up with you. I'm here. I'm here once again with the CEO of Consensus Strategies, Patrick Fox. Here on put Business, we're going to go ahead and go into some other sticking points they talk about, and also some other facts and figures from the latest survey that you conducted. this uh, this past March here on Blunt Business. We'll be back after this. Rolling into
1: some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out.
2: 2000- Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
1: I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Wrapping things up with Patrick Fox, CEO of Consensus Strategies here on Blunt Business. Before the legalization is finalized, Lawmakers and administration are reportedly working through a number of sticking points, including how many plants people can cultivate for personal use and what type of evidence that can be used in impaired driving cases. So, again, home grow and the issues of uh, driving. Now, 52 percent believe the law should allow people to legally grow a limited number of parent marijuana plants at home. And I've heard this story a long time about home grow in New York State. And what, how many, would they would allow 78% support from those ages, 18 to 34. So talk to me about what the chances that home growth will be included in this. And honestly, you know, because I think the younger voters, the younger citizens are more progressive than their elders that, I mean, if, would it just be like down the line? I would imagine that maybe the support and the support overall would be growing as well no matter who was living in New York City or not. I think that shows right there in your study that it is a younger base that needs to actually have a much more of a voice to get this pushed across the finish line.
3: Yes, part of the problem overall is that a lot of the support for um, cannabis legalization is is a younger and less active political demographic, right? Um, and uh, so as as that group grows older and becomes more active, it's going to help. Um, With a lot of this, as I think we pointed out before, once it's there and you see that all the things you are afraid of aren't happening, um, a lot of these barriers will fall away. I do think that um, homegrown plants is going to make it into the bill at this point. Um, It may not, but I think it will. If it doesn't, it, it means they're simply allowing for a uh, continuation of um, uh, illegality. They, they know what's going to happen um, and they're not going to end up enforcing it. Uh, and so it's, it's counterproductive. Um, but uh, if it doesn't make it in this time, it, that will fall too.
2: The other thing also that's interesting is that in New York city itself for where there are a lot of people, they don't have necessarily homes to live in mostly apartments or condos or just, you know, places that, either rent to or own or, or buy. But again, the average size of an apartment built in New York City since 2000, 866 square feet. Not much at all to put any kind of plants anywhere in your home. So in that case, would they need to go ahead and make it where, I mean, it would need to be some kind of distinction as to who could grow because they're going to take into account the more than 40% that live in New York City that don't have the room to do home even though they would like to
3: well they're going to have to limit uh, there will be some sort of limit on the number of plants that you can plant at home they don't want you planting it and distributing it you know it's it's got to be for your personal use and the fight's likely going to be over what that number is but you know uh, whether it's long island upstate or new york city it's it's consistent in support all across the state
2: overall and i don't want to use a pun here but i'm going to just say would the only way to get this legalization to be together is there any kind of a consensus that can be made between new york city and new york state to come to an agreement on fully supporting whatever the legislature is going to come in with or warming up to it
3: i think it's going to happen anyway because this money is already essentially in the budget they need to get it done and we've seen this in other states whether it's um for cannabis casino gaming uh other issues yeah when the legislature is doing the budget and they've already got a line item in there for what the, the for the revenue that's going to be generated it, it's pretty difficult uh if they don't get it done so there's an awful lot of pressure on them to get it done and, and bring this money in to fill a hole
2: yeah i would imagine and, and there's not much you can do about it it's just a, uh, you know it's I mean, it's has been fascinating talking about this with you, Patrick. The whole story of New York State. Um, now, I know that you're a Boston-based firm. So, you know, what was the original intent? I mean, you know, this is – I really think you pulled out so much good information from this. And we know that, you know, there's a lot of people that are standing by on the sidelines waiting for this. The stock market is waiting for New York legalization to happen. And there are so many business people that want to go ahead or, or, or you know – People in the cannabis industry, companies that want to branch or you know really expand into New York, they know what a major market this is. You know, you're talking about 19 million people to be affected here, and just another again tax base in terms of government, but then for commerce, for you know just to, to capitalize on that, and how much money can be made in that market, that industry, if done correctly, and even with the taxes, even with the need for social equity and social and disproportionate natures as to why this is being put together and how they want to allocate who gets the licenses or not. Um, I mean, they could still do it better than what New York, New York, excuse be than what New Jersey did, which is also very limited in their scale and scope. And I mean, yeah, people right now are going to New York, New Jersey. They're going to go across the bridges and tunnels to get to the product, but to be able to get it back over here in some way, shape, or form. It's going to be a win-win. It's just amazing that, you know, they'll be able to go and do it, and it's not even going to have as much support as it could have.
3: It's important to understand that legalization is only the first battle. Yeah. Um, the, the next is to maintain uh, and sustain what the intent of the legislation was. Um. The, the, the battle to really do equity and social justice is extremely difficult. Yeah. It will be, especially in New York, a gold rush for market share. There will be major corporate players, international uh, and national, oh, regional, yeah. that will be attempting to get in. And there is a push and pull against the local social equity cannabis entrepreneur and big business and big markets. And um, it is very difficult to see how maintaining the priority for social equity, even after you've given out the licenses with that priority, how the markets allow that to continue. It it will require a lot of work by the state uh, and uh, regulators to, uh, to, to, to keep that together and make sure that the promise of cannabis legalization Uh, actually comes to fruition.
2: So Patrick again, CEO of Consensus Strategies. The website is consensus-strategies.com. And uh, real quickly, besides what you did here, this really wonderful uh, footprint of what's going on in New York State when it comes to support of legalization, what other areas do you look at when you talk about strategic advocacy?
3: Sure. Uh, Virtually any industry you can think of that does uh, large scale and controversial projects, uh, anywhere in the U S around the world, we've worked in 48 U S States and five countries, uh, in terms of, uh, survey work, we do an awful lot of survey work on all kinds of issues for institutions and companies around the world. And lately, a lot of it has been on, um, uh, vaccine compliance around the world. Yeah, What do various countries think about, um, Residents in those countries think about what their governments are doing uh, in terms of uh, providing a vaccine and health care to their people. Do they trust them? And who will and won't take the vaccine and why? So we've done those surveys in over 22 countries at this point multiple times and have been tracking that.
2: Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on those, Patrick. And, you know, uh, hopefully we get. Some news we're going to go and find out where we will get the legalization that actually happens. We'll keep an eye and see what the legislature does there in the state, and you know people will hopefully get the chance to warm up and they'll get the, open their eyes as to what happens. They're just going to learn about it once it actually gets legalized, whether they like it or not. Right. There we go. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, my pleasure the listeners thanks again for listening to us and i hope you really appreciate what we went through today when it comes to new york and of those in new york state i hope you're going to reach out if you have comments you want to say anything about this because obviously we have you know very vocal opinion when it comes to this for based on the survey so i'd love to get your feedback if you want to on the show uh please email me brasco b-r-a-s-c-o at dot we'll love to get your feedback and bring it up to everyone here on the show so thanks for listening folks we'll talk to you next time The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to
1: keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants.